Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into Making a Psychopath by Mark Freestone. Published in 2020, this book takes us on an intriguing journey into the complex and often misunderstood minds of psychopaths. Freestone uses a series of captivating case studies to dispel the myths perpetuated by media, offering a more nuanced and empathetic view of those diagnosed with this personality disorder. By prioritizing understanding over sensationalism, making a psychopath shines a light on the human aspect of psychopathy and explores the potential for rehabilitation. Mark Freestone, the author, brings unparalleled expertise to this book. As a reader in mental health at Queen Mary University of London, and with over 15 years of experience working in some of the UK's most secure prisons, Freestone has studied psychopathy up close. His work with Britain's most notorious and violent criminals, combined with his role as a consultant for the acclaimed TV series Killing Eve, has cemented his status as a leading authority on the subject. Making a psychopath is essential reading for anyone intrigued by the intricacies of the human mind. It is particularly compelling for fans of Killing Eve who wish to explore the real-world science behind the creation of such a captivating anti-hero as Villanelle. True crime enthusiasts and those curious about the truth behind the psychopath label, including wondering about their own bosses, will find this book both informative and thought-provoking. Join us as we explore the dark corners of the mind with Mark Freestone's expert guidance in Making a Psychopath. Making a Psychopath, My Journey into Seven Dangerous Minds. Introduction. Discovering the True Nature of Psychopathy. Beyond the Myths. Have you ever wondered how a charismatic entrepreneur, a ruthless loan shark, and a man who still relies on his mother for every little thing could share the same psychological diagnosis? Indeed, these individuals have all been identified as psychopaths, but their wildly different lifestyles and behaviors invite the question, what really makes someone a psychopath? Contrary to the dramatic portrayals we see in films and television, Psychopathy presents itself through a wide spectrum of manifestations. This exploration into the world of psychopathy aims to unveil the rich tapestry of experiences, beliefs, and motivations that characterize individuals diagnosed with this condition. It's an opportunity to move beyond stereotypes and cultivate a deeper understanding of a disorder that's often shrouded in misconception. Our journey into understanding psychopathy confront several crucial points. First, we will dissect the problems inherent in the psychopathy checklist, a tool frequently used to diagnose this complex condition. Although widely utilized, this method is far from perfect and contributes to the general misunderstandings about psychopathy. Furthermore, we'll delve into the factors that come into play in the development of psychopathy. Is it nature, nurture, or a combination of both that molds a psychopath? The stories of real individuals will help us navigate through these murky waters, revealing the multidimensional nature of human psychology. Lastly, we're faced with a controversial question. Is rehabilitation possible for psychopaths? This topic brings us to the very core of the debate around psychopathy. 
challenging our preconceptions and opening up new avenues for empathy and understanding towards those who cannot feel it themselves. Before we dive deeper into this exploration, a note of caution. This narrative includes detailed accounts of violent and abusive behaviors as part of its honest examination of psychopathy. It's a journey not suited for all audiences, but for those seeking to gain a nuanced understanding of what it means to be a psychopath, it promises to be a revealing and transformative experience. Through this exploration, you'll uncover insights into the flawed nature of the psychopath test, understand the complex factors leading to psychopathy, and contemplate the challenging question of rehabilitation. Join us on this enlightening journey to challenge your perspectives and deepen your understanding of the human mind. Part 1. Unveiling the Complex Mind of a Psychopath Through the story of Ben Let's take a moment to delve into the chilling tale of Ben, a young man whose life choices led him down a path of unfathomable violence. Ben's journey into the abyss began when he, influenced by his stepfather's ill-conceived plan, partook in an armoured truck heist. The endeavour was doomed from the start and inevitably led to Ben's arrest and subsequent imprisonment. Upon his release, Ben was not a man changed for the better. Within a fortnight, he was plotting a dark revenge against his stepfather, whom he believed had betrayed him. Armed with a bag filled to the brim with the tools of violence, hammers, saws, and knives, Ben set out to enact his vengeance. Fate, however, had other plans. A chance reunion with an old school friend led to an impromptu drinking session, during which Ben's sinister intentions came to light. His friend, perhaps recognizing the gravity of Ben's troubled state, attempted to redirect his anger. The night drew on, filled with laughter and companionship, until a fateful comment ignited Ben's fury, leading to the tragic murder of his friend with a hammer pulled from the very bag meant for another. The account of Ben is not merely a tale of violence. It serves as a stark introduction to the psyche of a psychopath. Ben's actions, devoid of remorse, showcase a chilling indifference to human life, a hallmark of psychopathy. He acted on impulse, driven by a bruised ego and a distorted sense of righteousness, unable to perceive the intrinsic value in others. Such stories captivate and horrify in equal measure, revealing behaviors so alien that they seem almost inconceivable to the average person. This disconnection stems from a fundamental deficiency in psychopaths like Ben an inability to truly recognize the worth of other beings. It's this deficiency that underpins the classic traits associated with psychopathy. A lack of empathy, manipulative tendencies, and a propensity for harm. Yet, identifying Ben as a psychopath only scratches the surface of understanding his violent act. While his psychopathy predisposed him to murderous tendencies, it doesn't fully account for the why the specific motivations behind his choice to kill on that particular night. Delving deeper into Ben's psyche reveals a fragile ego and a penchant for impulsive action, aspects that, when combined with his psychopathic tendencies, culminated in a deadly outburst over a mere taunt. Ben's story is a stark reminder that behind the label of psychopath lies a complex interplay of psychological traits. While psychopathy may increase the predisposition to commit violent acts, 
it's the unique combination of individual characteristics and circumstances that ultimately shapes these terrifying outcomes. Part 2. Decoding Psychopathy, a Blend of Brain Biology and Harrowing Histories The enigma of psychopathy, often exemplified by chilling tales like that of Ben, has perplexed both the public and professionals for years. But today, advancements in technology are piercing through the fog, offering unprecedented insights into the brains of those labeled psychopaths. High-definition MRI scans now allow us to voyeurs into the neural landscapes that might nurture a psychopathic mind. Evidently, the plot thickens at the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala, two pivotal regions in the brain's vast network. The prefrontal cortex is the mistro, directing our decision-making processes and societal interactions, while the amygdala choreographs the dance of our emotions. It's in these areas that psychopaths exhibit markedly diminished activity. This revelation illuminates a part of the puzzle, correlating this subdued neural action with an impaired ability to empathize, particularly with emotions of distress like fear or sadness. Understandably, if one cannot perceive another's pain, empathetic responses remain elusive. Armed with this knowledge, one might hastily conclude we've cracked the code. However, a perplexing twist beckons us to look beyond the brain's biology. Not all individuals with these neurological signatures embark on a path of crime or violence. Many navigate life in a conventionally normal manner. Enter the fascinating case of Dr. James Fallon. Acclaimed for his contributions to neuropsychology, Dr. Fallon one day stumbled upon an MRI scan that bore all the hallmarks of a psychopath, alarmingly low activity in both the prefrontal cortex and amygdala. The plot twist? The scan belonged to him. Further genetic testing bolstered the shock, revealing his possession of the MAOA gene variant often associated with serial killers, alongside a family history peppered with violent forebears. Yet, Dr. Fallon's narrative deviates from the expected. Despite his genetic and neurological predisposition, his life trajectory has been one of academic success and notoriety far removed from criminality. His experience underscores a vital lesson. The genetic blueprint is not destiny. The intricate interplay between genetic dispositions and life experiences shapes the journey from potential to reality. Indeed, it's a rarity to find a criminal psychopath whose backstory isn't mired in adverse conditions such as neglect or abuse. These harrowing early experiences, intertwined with one's genetic fabric, play a decisive role in the evolution of the psychopathic mind. Consequently, unraveling the genesis of psychopathy involves navigating the nuanced dynamics between nature and nurture, between the encoded messages in our DNA and the stories penned in the chapters of our lives. It's this complex ballet of biology and biography that crafts the narrative of a psychopath. Part 3. The Prison Paradox. How Confinement Amplifies Psychopathic Behaviors. Peering into the intricate workings of a psychopath's brain offers us a glimpse into their distinct cognitive functioning. However, this lens only reveals a fraction of the broader picture. To truly grasp the essence of a psychopath, 
engaging with their lived experiences and understanding the environments that influence their behaviors are essential. This pursuit, though, is fraught with challenges, primarily due to the elusive nature of psychopaths in society. Their presence is often unnoticed until they breach the law, landing many within the criminal justice system's confines. Yet, paradoxically, prisons, an integral part of this system, serve not as a remedy but as a catalyst for intensifying psychopathic tendencies. The story of Paul, a man deeply enmeshed in the criminal world from a young age, illustrates the counterproductive nature of prisons in managing psychopathy. Paul's life was a testament to manipulation, a skill honed through years of extortion and exploitation within the shady underworld of loan sharking and drug dealing. When sentenced to prison, rather than being rehabilitated, Paul adapted his manipulative prowess to his new environment with chilling efficiency. Paul possessed an undeniable charm, an asset he wielded with precision to ensnare those around him. His unsuspecting target was Louise, a high-ranking officer in the very institution meant to reform him. What commenced with mere flattery swiftly escalated to a forbidden affair, marked by illicit exchanges and clandestine rendezvous in the prison's shadows. This liaison led to Louise's downfall ending her career in disgrace. Tragically, her story is not unique. Similar incidents have emerged from other prison and hospital settings, highlighting a disturbing pattern where staff, entrapped by a psychopath's charm, find their professional and personal lives irrevocably damaged. Paul's account reveals a stark reality. Prisons, with their oppressive atmosphere and congregation of manipulative individuals, often exacerbate the very traits they aim to mitigate. Instead of curbing psychopathic behaviors, these environments amplify them, enabling psychopaths to refine their manipulation tactics. This conundrum underscores a profound vulnerability within the criminal justice system, exposing even the most seasoned professionals to the risk of ethical compromise. As we grapple with the implications of Paul's story, It prompts us to question the efficacy of traditional containment strategies for psychopaths. It serves as a poignant reminder of the complex interplay between individual pathology and environmental influences, urging us to reconsider how society addresses psychopathy. The challenge lies not only in acknowledging the limitations of our current systems, but in seeking innovative solutions that truly understand and mitigate the multifaceted nature of psychopathy. Part 4. The Psychopath Test. A broad brush paints too many as dangers. In the intricate web of human psychology, no two stories of psychopathy are identical. While figures like Paul depict the stereotypical image of a psychopath reveling in criminal endeavors, there exists another side to the spectrum, a side epitomized by the tragic tale of Danny. Danny's journey into the realm unofficially labeled as psychopathy was not one of malice, but rather a series of unfortunate events underscored by a relentless struggle with mental health and identity. Danny's life, marred by the instability of moving from one foster home to another, spiraled into a vortex of self-destructive behavior in his teenage years. Resorting to self-harm as a coping mechanism, Danny created a physical manifestation of his inner turmoil, further alienating him from society. 
his path eventually led to prison following an assault, a place where his condition deteriorated even further amidst the harsh environment. Danny's alarming episode in a prison isolation cell, where he painted pagan symbols with his own blood, branded him as a psychopath in the eyes of the diagnostic system. However, closer inspection reveals symptoms more aligned with borderline personality disorder, emotional instability, impulsivity, and a profound identity crisis. The contradiction lies in the core definitions of these disorders. Can someone truly embody both the impassivity common to psychopathy and the emotional turbulence of borderline personality disorder? This diagnostic paradox stems largely from the psychopath test itself, a tool that assigns significant weight to a person's history of crime and antisocial behavior alongside their psychological attributes. Consequently, individuals like Danny, whose actions are driven by profound personal anguish rather than inherent malice, can still fulfill the criteria for psychopathy. The repercussions of this broad diagnostic approach are profound, especially considering the societal implications of being labeled a psychopath. This has prompted some in the psychiatric field to advocate for dissociating psychopathy from criminality in diagnostic practices. After all, Many exhibit the interpersonal and emotional characteristics of psychopathy, such as emotional detachment and deceitfulness, without ever crossing into criminal action. Until these nuances are recognized and incorporated into the diagnostic criteria, the term psychopath will remain a catch-all that risks ensnaring those whose conditions are far removed from the traditional understanding of psychopathy. It's a reminder to tread carefully especially in contexts where the label of psychopath can decide one's fate, emphasizing the need for a more refined and compassionate approach to diagnosing and understanding complex mental health issues. Part 5. Deciphering Female Psychopathy Beyond the Shadows of Fiction The characterization of female psychopaths in popular culture, from the cunning villanelle in Killing Eve to the manipulative Marquise de Mertui in Dangerous Liaisons, captures the imagination with tales of calculated and cold-hearted women. Despite the allure of such narratives, the reality of female psychopathy diverges significantly from its fictional portrayal. According to estimates from the UK government, female psychopaths are relatively rare, with only one female for every 50 male psychopaths, and even fewer are involved in violent criminal acts. This discrepancy raises intriguing questions about the nature of psychopathy in women and its expression. It's theorized that the rarity of diagnosed female psychopaths may not necessarily point to their absence, but rather to a difference in how the disorder manifests between genders. For women, psychopathy tends to veer away from overt criminality, focusing instead on manipulation and control within the sphere of personal relationships. This divergence might explain why traditional diagnostic tools, which have a strong bias towards criminal behaviors, often fail to identify psychopathy in women. Yet, there are instances that challenge the norm, illustrating that female psychopaths, although rare, can and do exist within the realms of extreme violence. The case of Angela Simpson serves as a stark reminder of this reality. Angela's descent into infamy began with her acquaintance with Terry Neely, a disabled former convict. Neely's inadvertent admission of having acted as a police informant 
set in motion a harrowing sequence of events that culminated in his gruesome murder, following days of torment at Angela's hands. Her brazen approach to the crime, coupled with her openness during subsequent TV interviews, where she thinly veiled her culpability while seemingly enjoying the media attention, presents a chilling image of psychopathy unbound by gender expectations. Angela's case is not only notorious for the brutality she exhibited, but also for challenging the stereotypes of female psychopathy. Her actions embody traits typically associated with male psychopaths, prompting a re-evaluation of our understanding of the disorder. Indeed, Angela herself underscored this point during an interview, quipping, Well, I believe in equal opportunities, when confronted with the gendered rarity of her crimes. The anomaly presented by Angela Simpson compels us to look beyond the stereotypes and scrutinize the complex interplay of factors that govern psychopathy. It forces us to reconsider our preconceived notions about gender and mental health, urging a deeper exploration into the ways psychopathy is expressed and diagnosed across genders. Through such inquiry, we move closer to unraveling the enigma of psychopathy shedding light on the shadows cast by those who exist beyond the margins of conventional understanding. Part 6. The Path to Rehabilitation. Hope for Psychopaths Through Therapy. At the mention of individuals like Angela, society's collective mind often jumps to harsh conclusions, labeling them as embodiments of evil, irredeemable by their very nature. This common perception pegs them as lost causes, meriting nothing less than lifelong confinement. However, such judgment raises ethical questions, considering the fundamental differences in how their brains process the world around them. While some may consciously choose paths of harm, many psychopaths simply lack the understanding or awareness of the pain they inflict. For many, moral consciousness is a lesson absorbed through the nurturing environment of childhood, a lesson psychopaths often miss due to tumultuous or deprived upbringings. This poses a critical inquiry. Can the seemingly missing moral compass in psychopaths be instilled later in life? The journey of Eddie, a man who embodies the troubled background often seen in criminal psychopaths, provides a compelling case study. Raised amidst violence, instability and abuse, Eddie developed behavioural issues early on, eventually leading to serious crimes, fueled by intoxication and unchecked aggression. Following a tragic altercation that resulted in manslaughter, Eddie was sentenced to 16 years in prison, labelled a psychopath by the standards of society. However, Eddie's narrative takes an unexpected turn during his incarceration, challenging the notion that psychopathy is beyond redemption. Through the meticulous guidance of Dr. C, a psychotherapist, Eddie embarked on a transformative journey. Through weekly therapy sessions, he began unpacking his interactions and gradually started to perceive alternative interpretations of his behaviors. This process, grounded in empathy and free from judgment, gradually reshaped Eddie's responses to anger and frustration. It was by no means an overnight transformation, but with time and dedication, Eddie learned to recognize the warning signs of his temper and consciously choose to walk away from potential conflicts. His decision to embrace self-control bore fruit, paving the way for his eventual release and reintegration into society. Today, 
Eddie's life stands in stark contrast to his past, a testament to the possibility of change. Residing in London with stable employment and caring for two dogs, Eddie has managed to steer clear of further offences, embodying the potential for psychopaths to rehabilitate and lead fulfilling lives. Eddie's story, although remarkable, is not depicted as a universal solution for all individuals diagnosed with psychopathy. Instead, it serves as a beacon of hope, highlighting the profound impact that supportive and patient therapy can have. It underscores the idea that with the right interventions, even those who have traversed the darkest paths can find their way back, advocating for a shift in how society perceives and treats psychopaths. This tale of redemption illustrates that through compassion, understanding, and tailored therapy, giving psychopaths a chance to change is not only conceivable, but imperative. Final Summary The journey through the world of psychopathy reveals a realm far more intricate than the catch-all label often suggests. Through the exploration of various individual stories, it's evident that psychopath encompasses a diverse range of personalities, behaviours and histories. From manipulative tendencies and deceit, to acts of unspeakable violence. The behaviours linked to psychopathy showcase a profound disconnect with societal norms, and an indifference towards the impact of actions on others. This unique constellation of traits sets psychopathy apart from other mental health challenges. Conditions such as depression and schizophrenia inflict significant suffering directly on the individuals experiencing them. Yet, psychopathy's toll is largely external, reverberating through society via the distress and damage inflicted on others. Branding. Individuals with psychopathic traits as irredeemably evil is an all-too-easy dismissal that overlooks the complexities at play. Such a perspective fails to acknowledge the deep-seated roots of psychopathy, often anchored in a background marred by abuse, neglect, and a deprivation of nurturing experiences most take for granted. Viewing psychopaths through a lens of empathy and understanding does not excuse their actions but rather seeks to comprehend the underlying factors contributing to their behaviors. The stories observed, including those of redemption and rehabilitation, underscore a critical message. Every individual behind the psychopath diagnosis is a human being, often shaped by circumstances beyond their control. Recognizing their humanity and the possibility for change is not only an act of empathy, but also a pragmatic step towards addressing and mitigating the disorder more effectively. In light of this understanding, society is called upon to adopt a more compassionate approach. Rather than casting individuals diagnosed with psychopathy aside, efforts should be directed towards therapeutic interventions and supportive measures that endeavor to unlock the potential for positive transformation. This path fosters hope, not only for those directly affected by psychopathy, but also for the broader community impacted by their actions. In advocating for a more nuanced and empathetic perspective towards psychopathy, we pave the way for more informed, effective approaches to diagnosis, treatment, and ultimately, prevention. This journey of understanding invites us all to look beyond the label, seeking to rescue and nurture the humanity that resides within each person, thereby enriching our collective societal fabric.
Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.